um, fully engaged is our sermon series. We're going to talk about fully engaged relationships. There's there's some things that I understand about um, about fully engaged uh, uh, relationships in the body of Christ. That's I feel like it's really interesting because it's different today than it was even even in Bible times. So sometimes when we when we even go to to scriptures in the Bible and we talk about it. Um, uh, I, I want you to, I, I guess what I want you to hear is that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't let us off the hook, but there is a different um, culture that we're in that's a little bit harder to sometimes apply the scriptures that we're still supposed to apply, but, it, but, it, but we're at a little bit of a disadvantage. Let me tell you, let me tell you why. So in, uh, um, like, let's just take 1 Corinthians or, or the book of Ephesians when it was written to those. You know that, that in Corinth there was one church it was the church of Corinth. When in, in Ephesus, there was one church. It was called the church of Ephesus, <laughs> right? You, you guys are following me, right? You're like, should we do one more? No? Right. So, so what did that mean? Well, there's some real practical things. Um, the, the Christian community or, or the Messianic Jewish community, which is probably more accurate depending on which, uh, um, which church that they were at, the, 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 the community that were, that were Christ followers that was them. They were, there was one church in that city. And they came together, you know, uh, more than just weekly. They came together often. And, uh, and they would break bread together. And, and they, would, they would do communion. And they would you know, preach sermons and worship. And they, but they would come together often. But that was their community. So um, when, when Paul would address relational issues in the body of Christ, he's talking to one local church. And it's a little bit different in our day, because I, I don't even know, I wonder, how many churches do you think are even in, the, in Buffalo County? Like lots, you know, maybe hundreds. And, and so um, it's to, we can have relationships with the greater body of Christ and, and struggle to have relationships in our local body of Christ. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that we live in a, we live in a different time. Even, even addressing like sin issues or, or relationship issues. Okay, watch this. Um, imagine, imagine living back then and uh, you didn't, well, I'll just pick somebody out of the house. Well, you didn't like me. Let's say you didn't like me, you know, didn't like the pastor. Um, back then, you, what did you have to do? You either had to like deal with it, you know, relationally, ignore it, you know, I guess that that could work out for you, maybe, um, and then or or you could leave, but there was no other church to go to, right? So you're either you're either someplace else and just kind of well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait them out, or you deal with it. What happens today? Well, you, there's a bunch of other churches to to church, choose from, right? So we we've got we and and what about not just what about somebody else you know some somebody across the aisle or whatever and and you've got a um, you know man everything's going great and all of a sudden you have a, a some relational breakdown and and now you get to either choose to deal with it choose to forgive and love each other or there's a whole lot of other churches in town isn't that interesting how that works so it's. It was easier back then in the sense that you were forced to, to deal with it. Um, harder today in the sense that we, um, if we don't want to deal with it, we don't have to, right? And, um, and so 
doesn't make the scriptures any less powerful. It just means that, that we have to be way more intentional relationally um, because, because it's really easy to hide. It's really easy. When it, when it, comes, to, when it comes to like sin in the church, in, in like the Bible, there, you guys remember one time we did a whole um, uh, series in 1 Corinthians and there was, the, there was the one about the man that was caught up in sin and uh, it, it got so bad that, uh, that Paul recommended that they kick the guy out of church. Now, um, we'd, somebody would have an opinion if I kick somebody out of church, right? They would. You, you want to know why? It was, it was uh, not only helpful, but, but biblical and godly that they kicked the guy. There, there's a few reasons. I'm just thinking of a couple right here. So, uh, so uh, first of all, I'm assuming that the guy they kicked out of church, um, and by the way, we're not going to, like, do that today. I'm just, this is just an example, <laughs> No, but I'm assuming, watch, that the guy that they kicked out of church, that they've had, uh, they've had lots of conversations leading up to that moment. I'm assuming that there's been confrontation and all of this, and, and the guy just decides, like, uh, and, and the situation in 1 Corinthians is the guy was sleeping with his stepmom. Th- that's a big deal, huge deal. And, and so they, uh, but I'm assuming they had lots of conversations, they confronted him, and he just decided, I don't want to deal with my, with my sin, Right? So, that, so that's, the, that's the scenario. They, um, so in that, I'm thinking, well, why, why would it be healthy to kick the guy out of church? Number one, because the longer you keep the guy there, you become the church that tolerates sin. We're, we're, we're a sin-tolerant church. That would be a good reason to, to not, um, not let them stay there um, if they're not repentant. Uh, two, um, what about the rest of everybody here? How about, how about the safety and the spiritual safety and physical safety of everybody else at the church? That's a big deal. So I, that would be a, I think that would be number two for me. But number three, I think number three is probably maybe even most important if we're going to put them in, in an order. Number three, they kick him out of church so that he'd come back. Why? Because, because there's no other church to go to. So if the guy leaves... And, and actually what the Bible says is that we're turning him over to Satan. So if the guy leaves that church and goes out where there's no other church to go to, he actually has to come to terms with his sin. And in, and in that, and in that uh, scenario, uh, that was 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the same guy eventually comes to his senses. Is there another place in the Bible where someone comes to their senses? I'm thinking prodigal son in the, in the pig pen eating the pig's food and the Bible says he came to his senses I think that's one of the most hilarious verses in the Bible but came to his senses and, and, and went back home that's exactly what the goal is there in 1 Corinthians is that, is that not that we just, we're just done dealing with this guy we're going to let him go and I hope he never comes back that was never the, the heart the heart was I hope he comes back I hope that he can, can actually finally deal with whatever is, is the root issue, whatever is causing him to be in this situation because we'd love to have him back. That's what's going on. Uh, imagine if we did that today. Imagine if I said, sir, you need to deal with your sin. And he says, pastor, you need to mind your own business. And, and I bring the elders. And, you know, hey, sir, we're all here. We're, we'd, we'd like you to deal with your sin. Gentlemen, I'd like you to mind your own business. And, and, and we go on, and eventually, what if I said, okay, okay, because we love you, we're going to not allow you to be here anymore, and we hope that you come back someday. Will that someday ever happen? Likely not, unless there's a miracle. Because there's a plenty of other churches in this community 
for them to get plugged into. In fact, all the pastors, I'm going off on a tangent, but this is all right. You guys okay with this? So the, uh, all, of the, all of the Bible-believing pastors in town, um, we, we get together monthly, sometimes more than that, and just, we just love each other and pray together. But one of, the, one of the things that we've started to do is start to talk about um, some, some things biblically that we can agree on. And, uh, and one of the things is what happens when somebody leaves a church in an unhealthy manner, you know, like, like sin or they're not willing to deal with something, and then they come to your church, what are we going to do about it? And so the church of Carney has started to talk about, well, how do we, how do we address that? Like, what if, what, if, what if we could be the church of Kearney, the church of Buffalo County? What if we could? And, and somebody, somebody's wanting to, to uh, I, I don't know, not deal with whatever they're wanting to deal with, so they, so they go to the other church, and, and the pastor finds out about it and sits down with them and says, hey, so tell me the story. Like, what, what's going on? And, and uh, um, actually, man, we love you, but you, you belong you, you really belong to that other body of Christ. What? Isn't that an interesting conversation? We haven't figured it all out, but I'm, but I'm telling you, m- maybe we're a prototype for the larger body of Christ around, around the nation, maybe around the world, because um, it is really easy to hide and not deal with your relationships that God's calling you to deal with. We good? Are you guys feeling Holy Spirit goosebumps yet this morning? This is good. This will be, this, this will, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. So here's a fully engaged relationships, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share most of this with you today. Main thought. Fully engaged godly relationships are important because they have something I need, and I have something they need. How many know that that's true? Yeah, at least you know it in your head. This is why it's important to have fully engaged godly relationships now you may have fully engaged ungodly relationships um you you might have a spouse that's not a believer you might have a um, a child or a family member that's not a believer you may have a really good friend that's not a believer and i and 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 you're fully engaged in those relationships and nobody's telling you not to be but i will say if you don't have many fully engaged godly relationships there's something missing in your life and we're going to talk about that today um, here, here's this. You are the sum total of your relationships. You are who you are and where you are because of your relationships. Somebody once said, show me your friends and I'll show you your what? Your future. Yeah. So we sit down and, and I bet it, th- there's a couple things I could do if I wanted to just kind of figure out who you were, if you were able to be vulnerable with me. We'd sit down and you'd tell me, here's the top 10 relationships in my life and here's my bank account and all the transactions I've made over the last, uh, oh, you know, 30, 60 days. Let's, let, let's, let's just get vulnerable. You guys, you guys want to do that? All right. Um. So, so relationships, all of us have had bad ones. Um, any, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever had pain in relationships? Yeah? Anybody ever experienced a relationship where some, somebody died? You had a close relationship and somebody died? Yeah? Um, anybody ever experienced brokenness in relationships where, like, maybe they're still alive, but, but there's brokenness there, um, maybe even to the point where you don't even speak anymore? Any of you ever 
there's been words spoken, right? And either from you or from them. And I know everybody in here, you, say, you always say really nice things, but out there, right, you know, if, 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 somebody were, if we were a fly on the wall, you'd regret some of the words that were spoken in that, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of us have had bad relationships. Um, and a lot of people have come to the conclusion that the most important relationship is me. Isn't it true? That's, you might not say it in your mind. You might not conf, you know, confess it. Up, but at some level, we've come to that conclusion that the most important relationship is me. Not, not, not Jonathan, but you. You. The most important relationship is you, is me. So um, I can then make marriage disposable. Kids can become disposable. Family members, bosses at work because I'm just going to watch out for me. Man, and, uh, and isn't that, you, I, I, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but man, you, you, either you or you know somebody who's having marriage problems or family problems or work problems, and at the very core of all of it, it's relationships, isn't it? Absolutely. More people than ever before are around people and yet alone at the same time. I've, we have never seen it more than, than in this day and age. Um, social media, um, you know, uh, um, videos on demand, Netflix, Hulu, all this. We can just kind of get into our, our zone. And I don't need you to raise your hand, but man, isn't it really easy to just go a whole week and not have any like real conversations with anybody? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And so you've pushed people away sometimes, and you did it as protection, and yet it hasn't helped you. It's actually hurt you. you. There may have been pain. There may have been hurt. And so what we do is we try to, we, we, say, we say, at some level, we say, well, I'm never going to be hurt again, and, and, I, and I'm never going to experience that in that relationship again. And so we, then we hold people at a, at a distance, and we kind of do this routine, right? Come, you know, and... And, but we, we really just don't, we don't want that closeness anymore. Here's this verse, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 8. This is, what, this is what it says. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And look at that. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business that sounds like just a great guy to have a cup of coffee with right so life life didn't work out so he tried to make life work out by focusing on other things than relationships he wasn't even content with his with his wealth i want to say this to you and hopefully hopefully you understand this watch you were designed to be in relationships and this means it's one of the most important decisions that you can make have you, have you ever, like, decided to be in a relationship? Or did your relationships happen by happenstance? I'd like to suggest to you that you can decide, that you can choose. And, and today I want to give you a few things. You can choose, you get to choose to pull people in close or even push people out a little bit farther because you are the sum total of your relationships. I like what... Um, what the Bible says in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 2, verse 18, 
the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And um, this is what I believe. And I, I don't mean to like over-spiritualize this, but I really, I really do believe this. I believe that since the beginning of time that the enemy of our souls has worked overtime to try to make us be alone. I really do. I really do. I, th- I feel that there's a demonic assignments even, um, that, there's a, uh, that there's strategy from the devil to keep us isolated. Because it, 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 God's original plan, and you always go back to the original plan, the original thoughts. God, what's your heart? What's your desire? His original plan? Wait a minute. It's not good that man should be alone. That's why he created the institution of marriage, was so that, was so that we wouldn't be alone. It, it's better that two walk together. I think that from the very beginning, the enemy heard that and, and decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to work overtime to try to create separation, to try to create division, to try to create isolation. If you've ever felt alone, that wasn't because of the Lord. If you've ever felt isolated, that that wasn't God doing that to you. There's something else at work there. It is not good that man should be alone. My goal is to convince you that uh, relationships are actually good for you (laughs) and to encourage you to get in uh, to get them back in your life in a healthy way. So listen, now, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag is um, when we're talking about a fully engaged sermon series, I am absolutely including fully engaged in this body of Christ. So I, I'm not going to be ashamed of that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about I believe it's biblical. That I'd like you to be fully engaged here and elsewhere. There's great relationships that you have out there, but I, I want to I wanna zero in on this, this local body of believers. And so I'm going to challenge you to get involved in connect groups, get involved in meaningful relationships, to not just like, you know, come in late and, and leave early and, and not know. I'd like you to, to, you know, know somebody's name and, and maybe go out for a coffee or a, or a lunch or a dinner. Um, someone had us over for, for dinner the other night. I'm not saying that, you, that, you know, now you need to also, um, but we do like to eat. And I mean, we, so, I mean, you know, come on. So, but there's, 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 uh, there's some things, um, I, I think we can be intentional with this and to, and to have relationships with each other. Now, there's a bunch of excuses, and immediately you're going to throw back some excuses at me um, about why it's, uh, why it's hard. Um, I know that in, in this church where we're located and things, um, and, and being in, in a, a relatively small town of Kearney, Nebraska, and I know that you're, some of you are from way smaller towns of Kearney, Nebraska, but you have to understand, I grew up in a, in a town of like four million people, and so, so I'm like, so Kearney's still relatively small, but, but, um, but as, we, as we look at this, some of the things, even, even with our church, is going to be distance. Some of you travel, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. I've known people that have traveled over an hour to come to this church. Isn't that kind of cool that someone who traveled that, that far to come, to come to church, to come to Spirit of Life Church? Something must be going right if someone wants to travel over an hour to come to this church. And so that puts a little bit of a, of a, of a hardship on how do I develop relationships and that. And, and I would just say that that, that, that means that, that there needs to be a little bit more intentionality. Maybe it's not an every week thing, but maybe it's some, maybe you say, okay, every month, I'm going to do something intentional um, to build relationships with this body of Christ. Here's another excuse. Um, 
temperament. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Well, you wouldn't probably. Um, anybody anybody just just a little bit shy and, and bashful right oh, oh you you are I don't believe you and yeah I'll tell you what um I'm not necessarily shy or bashful but um but my personality um, you could ask my wife and she'll be honest with you because she doesn't mind being honest is uh man I I don't always get energy off of having one more group of people to be around you know, I get done preaching, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'd like to just go and sit in my office until everybody leaves, right? I'm just saying, that's just, that, that's a personality thing, it's just a, but, I mean, do I do, I do that, Tammy? No, I don't do that, right? Because, because I value you, and, and, I, and I know that you also value me, and so we get over ourselves sometimes, and um, because relationships are important relationships are important if i just if i just went off of my temperament then we would then we would never have meaningful connections or just some real or just a couple couple meaningful connections maybe in my life and then and then everybody else gets left out right like so i'm i just want to challenge you that if i can get over myself you can get over yourself as well as well absolutely all right um here, here's another here's another kind of hurdle um maybe an excuse that some of you have is fear and you said, man, I've never been to one of those connect groups, or I've no, uh, man, I don't like, I don't like going out to lunch or dinner with people I don't know because, uh, you know, oh my goodness, you know, and it, what's going to happen in 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 that scenario? You know, like like Christians are weird, and they like to like get together and put chairs in a circle and like talk to each other and they make you confess your sins like one to another, and then they lay hands on you and cast out demons and. And then, and then the only drink they have is Kool-Aid. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous of, of these, of these. Can I, can I say, no, that's not, that, that is not. Now, you, if you show up at a connect group and it's your first time or you go out to dinner for the first time with somebody, can I, let me just be honest with you, it's going to be awkward. It will be. It's going to be a little bit awkward. And and you just, the second time, it's a little bit less awkward, and the third time, a little bit less awkward, and maybe you decide, okay, I'm going to try out a different connect group, because that was way, way, and so, but, but it, the beginning, it is, you have to, you have to put some effort into this thing, it's not going to be, you know, there's not a silver bullet with this, it's just you choose, you get to choose, um, I like what C.S. Lewis said, he said this, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Isn't that interesting? You know that. That's the lie. That's part of the strategy, I think, of the enemy is to make you think that you're the only one struggling. You're the only one that's ever experienced that. You're the only one that has pain. You're the only one, whatever. And when finally you get vulnerable and you share at some point, like after the 16th time that you've been at the Connect Group, right? Because it takes a little bit and finally you share and then you're like, no way. You too? That's amazing. Let's be friends. The church isn't filled with anyone perfect. Um, Even me, even me. We all have issues. And if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. I wasn't looking at you specifically, but yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, 
Here's, here's, another, um, here's another one that maybe, maybe that we want to debunk a little bit. Past experiences. So something is keeping you from, be, from opening up and being with, with other relationships. Something happened in the past and it burned you. And so then that pain that you experienced, I just want you to know, it wasn't just about the two of you. The devil was up to something, right? It's not just about that relationship because now you, you, you want to just pull away from all relationships and the devil's like, ah, I, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted you to have pain in that relationship so that you would now not engage in any relationships. And it's, he's sneaky, isn't he? You have to take a risk. You take a risk and you finally have a different experience and you get to rewrite your story. Here's, the, here's maybe this, this last little thing to debunk is, um, anybody ever said this? Man, I'd love to be a part of all that, but I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Yeah, that's another, that's another thing I think that the enemy's up to. And uh, can I say, I'm... I'm super busy as well. And, uh, but man, we cannot use the excuse. Now you might not, maybe in this season of life, you can't do the every week thing. Maybe in this season of life, the, the connect groups that are offered are offered at times when you're working or something else is going on. And it may just be, mean that you have to be a little bit more intentional. And, and you say, man, I can't do every week, but I can do once a month with somebody I can do twice a month with somebody. And if you need help figuring that out, would you pull me aside? Would you call me? Would you talk to Leslie? Would you talk to Pastor Kelly, one of our board members? Would you, I, I need help, guys. I need help. Just confess. Confess your sins to us. All right. Some of you, this last, you're going to say, well, that's just your opinion. And I'm just going to say, it is absolutely not just my opinion. Let's go to the Bible here. First Peter chapter 4 starting in verse 7 and uh, this is a really this this is one of one of my favorite verses on on prayer and and it's going to intro this this rest of this passage watch this the end of all things is near now now the apostle peter He's, he's writing this, this book, and he's writing this chapter, and right before, a few verses before, I mean, he's going off on, on the struggle in life. He's, like, he's talking about uh, suffering just like Jesus suffers in our, in our body and all of these things. He talks about the sin of the world and everything the pagans are doing, and, and, and they're doing all of these unmentionable things, and they're even wanting us who've now following, who are now following Christ, they want us to be a part of all of this. And, and it's hard, and, and what do we do? And there's this struggle, and Peter then follows all of that, and he says, the end of all things is near. Man, anybody feel like that as you watch the news and you know what's going on with friends and family members and, and even just in our, our towns? And the end of all things is near. And so he says, therefore, be alert and sober of a sober mind so that you may pray. We could stop there, couldn't we? We could just stop right there. Except the Apostle Peter and the Holy Spirit through him didn't. In fact, here's this next little phrase. He says, above all. Anytime there's an above all in the Bible, you think we ought to pay attention to that? He says, above all. The Apostle Peter, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Peter, he gets done saying, all of this craziness is going on and you should be alert and, and of sober mind so you can pray. And then right after that, above all, 
above all. And what's he say above all to? He says above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I thought, man, that's really interesting. Uh, Above prayer? Above prayer? Like, what? This almost seems like we're heading down like the heresy road. Above prayer? Well, one of Paul's, one of Peter's contemporary was the Apostle Paul, and he said in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 that if you, you may speak in the tongues of men and of angels and prophesy and have all of these great things, have this great connection. He says, and if you have not what? Love. Then you're just a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. You're making a lot of noise and you think that you're being spiritual. Listen, you may read the Bible every day. You may pray for long hours and prophesy with the best of them. And if you struggle to love people, it's wah, 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 wah. For the older ones in here, we know that was Charlie Brown's school teacher. It's serious. It was so serious that, that Paul wrote about it. It was so serious that Peter says, above all, you can go to the rest of that verse, above all, offer Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Do we have, uh, did we not have verse 8 there? Oh, we don't. All right. Well, I guess I got to go to the actual Bible. (laughs) I said that for you. (laughs) Above all, verse 8, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. He goes on to verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without what? Grumbling, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. I mean, this is, this is I'm, I'm dumbfounded at, at some level that he gets through all of this intense stuff and what they're dealing with right there. And, and Peter's writing about it. And he says, above all, above all of that, love. Above all. serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the what? The very words of God. So if you're speaking to people, even in this local body of Christ, and it's not like as if you're speaking the the words of God, you're speaking, man, that's interesting. Now, I'm not saying that you have to like, like, be silent if you're not getting a prophetic word. Or you're not, uh, but I'm saying, like, shouldn't our words be seasoned in such a way that, that God could be a part of this conversation? Sometimes we have conversations, and, and, it, and we're, we're talking with people as if he's not in the room. Yeah. He goes on and finishes that. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. 
Amen. So let me give you let me give you three three thoughts here to have fully engaged relationships because it's obviously super important. In fact, this is one of those above all principles in the Bible. If it's above all, then we probably should get it. In order to have fully engaged relationships, I need number one to nurture my important relationships. And 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 you know some of those right now. Some of you that's a that's a marriage relationship. Some of that, some, some of you, it, there's, there's a, maybe you, maybe you have a best friend, maybe even in this church, I don't know, but there's some important relationships, and it's really easy. If I say, who are the most important people in your life? And you go, boo, 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 like, you could do that right now, but um, I used to have a GMC Sierra pickup truck, 1975, light blue, and uh, someone gave that to me, and it was a, I mean, it was a beast, like, you didn't want, if you were in a, a wreck with me, it was bad news for you, but mine would be just fine. And, and, and so I remember, so I, I, I got in Arizona. I, I had it all the time. I lived in Spokane, Washington, and then um, came to, um, uh, drove it all the way cross country to Des Moines, Iowa, where, where I lived for a while. And I remember driving down the highway one day in, in my GMC Sierra pickup truck, and we're, we're going to town, and all of a sudden, it, it, I the only, the sound that I can, this is the only way I can describe it. If you ever, like, ridden a bicycle and you put like a pop can in the spokes and it goes you know that sound that goes and I'm like what is that sound what is that sound and all of a sudden it was just like dead like what is for the love you know what I found out it's a good idea to like like um, keep oil in the truck because because there's these rods that will just like shoot up right through the engine and then you're done you're done you learn by learn i know some people are like oh my goodness I, he's such an idiot i can't believe yeah yeah so what did i learn i learned that maintenance is a good idea maintenance the most important relationships in your life you need to maintain you need to actually put some time into these relationships Man, I was I was reading something on on Facebook recently. The the president of Open Bible Churches posted something in one of our one of our private groups, and and he was he was talking about um, A. W. Tozer and how A. W. Tozer had had died, and he was a, he was a you know kind of a pillar of the faith, and he had died, and his wife remarried, and years later someone was asking her um, to compare. Um, the, like the two husbands, I don't know, I don't know, how, but it, it, evidently that it's happened, and so they said, um, you know, what was the difference between your, like, your present husband and, and your former husband, who's A.W. Tozer, and she said, well, something to the effect of, well, um, and she, I forget what his name was, like Aiden or something, A.W., and she said, well, he, uh, he did really, really well at loving, loving God and loving the church, but um, my present husband loves me. man that's do you, do you hear that do you understand that like sometimes we can be so committed to certain things and forget the most important relationships of our life colossians 2 verse 19 says the whole body supported and held together by all by its ligaments and sinews grows as god causes it to grow. Uh, when 
this is another place where God compares our physical body with the body of Christ. And, and this is what he's basically saying. Like, do you, do you exercise your physical body? Well, then exercise your friendships, this body of Christ. Like, we have to put time and energy we have to maintain it so you don't end up looking like the GMC pickup truck on the highway wondering what happened. Here, second thing is, in order to have fully engaged relationships, I need to restore my broken relationships. Somebody needs to hear that today. You've got some really good relationships going, but you've just ignored some of the broken relationships in your life. You know, the pain of unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. The pain of unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. Romans chapter 12. We just did a Romans series. Do you guys remember when we were in chapter 12? Watch this, verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. In verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In other words, I like to just tell people, you do everything you could do. As far as it depends on you, whatever you can do, you try to live at peace. And it always takes two to tango, right? I mean, there's, a, there's somebody there's in relationships, but you do everything that you know how to do. Everything you know how to do. And if you've done everything, and, and, and somebody usually says, I've tried everything. I say, I don't believe you. I've tried everything, pastor. Like, usually it's like marriage stuff, right? The, somebody comes up to me and wants some marriage counseling. They're like, I've tried everything. Like what? Tell me. Tell me what, what did you, I'd like, to, I'd like to know because I'd like to learn. Let me write some of this down. Oh, you know, I did this and I did this and that. You did a whole three things. You've tried everything. I'm so proud of you. A little sarcasm. Yeah. I think, so let me just say, not only as far as it depends on you, but maybe you ask Holy Spirit, Lord, is there anything else? Lord, is there anything else you want me to do in this relationship? Is there anything else? It's broken. I feel like I've tried everything. And he's going to show you, oh, have you tried this? Have you done that? Have you done everything as far as it depends on you to mend broken relationships? There's a uh, couple at a 50th anniversary banquet, and um, Grandma was the um, somebody. Somebody was asking Grandma, "What was what's the secret to like a lifelong marriage and all of this?" And this this is this is good. You can you can apply this to any relationship in your life, but Grandma, what's the secret of success in marriage? And she says, "Well, that's easy. When we first got married, I made a decision." that I would make a list of his 10 greatest faults and then I would just overlook those 10. Okay, that's good advice. So she goes on, she says, well, what were those 10? And she said, well, I never made the list. And this is the quote. Every time he did something, I thought, well, lucky for him, that's one of them. Lucky for him, that's one of them. I wondered if we lived that way with people. Lucky for them, that's one of them. Lucky for them, that made the list of the things I'm going to choose to just let go. Here's the last thing, guys. Watch this. In order to have fully 
engaged relationships, I need to initiate some meaningful relationships. Some of you, you've been in this church a while or you're relatively new, you're right at that point and you're just like, you know what? Um, I need to initiate some meaningful relationships. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and how much? All the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, just like Peter said, as it gets more intense, the day, even in the intense, when it gets intense and we want to retreat, it gets intense and we, and we want to just, just isolate. He says, even more meet together as it gets intense. As life gets intense, you draw close to each other instead of isolating is what he's saying. What are the most meaningful relationships that you may not have in your life right now? That God may be saying, hey, let's, uh, let's engage some new ones. What about, what, uh, this is, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna unashamedly talk about this church or any church. What about a relationship with a church? You don't need to just go to church. Some of us go to church. Do you have a relationship with a church? If, if you're visiting today and you have a local church, you need a relationship with that church. You need a relationship with that church. If this is your church and you've gone to this church, but you can't say, Pastor, I have a relationship with this church, can I just say, get one. <laughs> get a relationship with this church. Start putting some time and energy into this relationship with this local body of believers. There's some ways that we do that here. In fact, I would just say this, and, and if, you're, if you're just a church hopper, knock it off. Stop it. Sow your life in. If, if it's not this one, let it be some. Man, I've got some great friends in this, in this area that pastor churches. Uh, and if you're, just, if you're looking, that's fine. If you're, if you're here and you're just like, I'm, I'm just kind of checking this out, great. But, but eventually pick one and sow your life into that place. And, and I'm a little biased, but I say this is a good one too. Um, some of the ways here for us uh, that you can say, you know what, I'm going to build a relationship with this church. Number one, um, a starting place is our Dis Discover Track classes. And we do those Discover Tracks, and that's a great way to get to know us and, and a great way for you to get to know you and to get plugged in and all of that. And we offer those every once in a while. We, I think we offer them every week, but then we, sometimes we'll do all of them together. Um, Discover Track's a great idea. Connect groups. Um, now, connect groups are, are started, but Leslie... If people are still interested in connect groups, could they go and find one? Is that all right? Right. I don't know if it's still on the website, but if it's not, do you think tomorrow you can put them back up there so they could pick if they'd like that? Yeah, good, good, good. She's, she's, she's all right. So tomorrow, if you're wondering, and you're like, you know what, I'm finally going to get involved in a connect group. Like, you can even go on our website. You can come and talk to me afterwards. You can talk to Leslie. You can talk, and so I'd like to get involved in a connect group. I've never done this, and I want to do it, and I want to do it today. You can get involved. Absolutely. And I want to I touch on next week. Next week, we've got our um, celebration service. And sometimes what happens at our celebration service is there's people that, that say, well, man, I don't know anybody getting baptized, and I don't, and you know what, and, and I don't have a baby being dedicated or know someone that is. You know, that's going to be a Sunday that I, just, that I just skip. Could I say this is your family? 
this is your family too. If, if this is your church, this is your family, could you come next week and celebrate as we have at least six, there might be more after, at least six getting baptized? Isn't that cool? Some children that, are, that are, uh, have made a commitment to Jesus that are saying, I want to follow the Lord, and maybe that'll challenge some of the adults, right, to, to get with the program. No, wait a minute. And what, what about, uh, you know, baby dedication? In our, in our church, we, um, instead of baptizing babies like other churches, we, we dedicate them to the Lord. Yeah, and Pastor Kelly, you can come and your team. Man, we, and, and so we, I like the way we do it here because we, we bring the, the family up with the baby and we pray over the baby and bless the family, but we speak prophetic destiny over that, be- that baby and we say, hey, as a church family, we're gonna set an example for this child as they grow. And so I'd like to challenge you to take a step. We've challenged you with worship, fully engaged worship that you would, could you do something? Could you let the needle push forward in fully engaged worship so that you're, you're saying, man, you know what? I'm not just, just doing lip service, but I'm actually worshiping the Lord. We challenged you to, to be fully engaged givers, that, that it's not just writing a check and, and putting it in there or dropping some money, but I'm worshiping you with everything I've got. I'm gonna ask you to push the needle forward with fully engaged relationships in this local body of believers. Let's stand as we get ready to worship worship on our way out and our prayer teams are gonna come here in just a minute. But this is, uh, you can, if you have need prayer for anything in your life, you're welcome to come and the prayer teams will pray for that. Um, but here's one thing I just want you to think about. For some people in this room, as we talked about relationships, fully engaged relationships, some of you are re- thinking of relationships that are broken, that you, you just need Holy Spirit to help you in an area of forgiveness, an area of healing, and these prayer teams would love to partner with you um, with that as well. So Lord, all over this room,